become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Everyone, it is now the time where the Jstrom gives the news, entertainment news to be exact. You see, regular news is boring and depressing, not this news. This news is to bring a smile to your face or maybe even cause you to sink into a joyful moment of bliss. This news isn't important and maybe that's the whole point. It's about movies and video games and TV shows. It's about entertainment. Welcome to the landfill. You are listening to Entertainment Landfill News with a Jstrom. Now strap in. Sit back and enjoy because here he is. The J-A-Y-S-T-R-O-M. presents Landfill News with your host, the Jstrom. Now, here's your host, the Jstrom. That's me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Entertainment Landfill News. I am your host, the J-A-S-T-R-O-M. <laughs> What what was uh, TRS-80 doing reading, spelling my name? You're supposed to say it, but oh well. Um, hello, everyone. This is awesome because I am not alone. I also, I have a co-host, and that would be Mulberry Bill, the Mulberry Historian. You're never truly alone. <laughs> hey, Bill, how's it going? Hey, it's good. It's great to have you. That was so cool. I got your message that said, hey, can I join you? And I was like, yes! That would be excellent. Welcome to ETL News. This is where, as TRS-80 said, we give news that's not important. (laughs) I was wondering what was up with the spelling of the name. So it's like, there's no Y in there. Yeah, just a little too literal. I don't don't know. Uh, But... uh, Bill, thank you so much for joining me on ETL News. Yeah. It's so cool. And uh, let's, do you want to dig right into the news? Yeah, let's see what's going on. Actually, first I wanted to say that uh, on a, uh, I, I tried, I tried so hard to wait a while before diving into Uncharted 4. I, you know, I was going to maybe say. Did you do it? Did you? I ordered it on the PS4. Like, uh, you can buy it digitally. And I was like, I've got to play this. I don't want everybody else to play this before me. I want to play it now. And, you know, because I had recently, uh, I would say the past seven or eight months played the, it might have even been less than that, maybe six months, played the Uncharted Collection. uh, All three games. And so I was ready for Uncharted 4. Uh, and, um, 
I tried playing Uncharted 3 on the PS3. Uh, it looked awful. And then <laughs> it went up for sale on Amazon for like 11 bucks or 14 bucks. So I bought it and I started playing it while I was in the middle of classes just as like a decompression. I found that it just made me more irritated. Uh, and then I started, I'm like, oh, Uncharted 4 is coming out. Maybe I should start playing Uncharted 3 again. And I think I'm on like chapter 9 uh, or something. I'm not, I'm yeah. not too far in the game, but I started playing it the other day and I just started getting so irritated because it's so dark. And then after I was complaining about it, I was like, does he have a flashlight? Should I have been, is there like, I, I couldn't remember if there was like a flashlight mode that I could put Nathan Drake into. Right. And, and so I'm I'm just going to – I have to finish Uncharted 3 first because I don't want to go right into 4, even though it's tempting as hell. Yeah, it is tempting. See, what I did is Monday – I knew it was coming out on Tuesday. I was like, screw it. I'm going to uh, buy it when I shouldn't. And You're going to preload I, that sucker. I've even heard the term uh, before, usually regarding home theater equipment, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So ah uh, yes, I told Heather this morning I have a confession to make. I bought Uncharted Four, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "Yeah." It's like, how did you not know? I'm posting it on friggin' YouTube and stuff. Oh, are you already? I tw- I've been twitching each of my sessions. My goal is to just post the entire game once I play it all. Nice. Um, but uh, it took all day to download on Monday, and I was hoping it would be done. And there's a little timer basically saying you can't play it until this time runs out because you have to wait till it's released. Oh, okay. And uh, I started playing it yesterday up until a point, and then it's, a counter went up saying that I still needed to download this much. And I, so I had to stop and wait for it to finish downloading the game. And I was like, oh, man, I can't play it anymore. Damn it. Why is it so slow? I don't know. It. I, I thought it downloaded the whole game. I thought it was done. But I played like uh, uh, up to a certain chapter and the, le- the level wasn't loading and it just had a timer for me, you know, showing me that, okay, you have this. Basically, it was like an hour and 40 minutes. I could play it again. I was like, oh, man. It really sounds like PlayStation. And I've come across this problem with uh, uh, the Xbox One. I know they say whenever you're installing a game on the Xbox One, you should always disconnect it from the Internet. Uh, because it just it, whenever you're installing a disc-based game, it goes faster. Oh, really? So yeah, that's the the, the tip that I've gleaned from reading online uh, is un- unplug it from the internet or disconnect it, and then install the disc. And then whenever it reconnects the internet, it then grabs whatever updates it needs, and but you can still play it. But I don't get why you know we're in the modern era. I think it's safe to say we're in the modern era, but yeah. I don't get why the PlayStation 4 network and the Xbox One network is so slow. We're in it we're in a gigabit era where you know you're probably getting no less than 20 20 megabits per second down. You know, it's broadband, we're good. It, it you should have that game at 50 gigabytes, you should have that game in no less than 5 hours. Yeah, I don't understand I, what the deal was. I don't I, and and they should be they should be, you know, adapting it for uh for speed, it's like whenever you know people try to watch Game of Thrones on the premiere night on HBO Go and it crashes HBO Go. I just right. don't get 
if if we're in a broadband society, we should have a broadband, you know, abilities. We should. I don't. That irritates the hell out of me. If I bought that game and it took as long as it has to download, I would be pissed. I I wouldn't even be playing it. I would just be staring at my PS4 angry. <laughs> but luckily, so far, it looks like it's completely downloaded and. Uh, I don't know how far I am into the game. I guess I could check, but I'm having a lot of fun. I'm at least, um, I'm nearing six hours worth of gaming, and uh, I'm having a blast. It's, it's It looks gorgeous. Like, the cutscenes look, like, it, the cutscenes, I've always had a problem with the cutscenes in the game, because they just look wooden, and the facial animations look dead. And what I've seen, like, just going through, you know, IGN and uh, all those different sites that I follow on Facebook have, like, the live video of them playing it. And what I've seen of it is just stunning work that they've right. done with, yeah, the, it's, it's, with the facial animations and the cutscenes. Hello, Adam Sexton. I wanted to say hello to the chat room. Adam and Brandon, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, you know what? The the game is gorgeous, and the cutscenes, and I'm looking at things like water and mud tracks and like mm-hmm. uh, snow. Don't worry, Adam. I'm not spoiling anything. But my first story actually cracked me up. <clears throat> Han Solo dies. <laughs> um, Bill, do you remember back in the E3 time, they Sony's press conference, they revealed that Uncharted 4 was indeed coming out, and they even had this demo that they were going to show, and it starts with Soli and Nathan bursting through some doors, and they're like in a marketplace, and Nathan is just standing there doing nothing, and you're like, okay, what's what's going on? And then they had to start the demo over again. Oh, and, God, that's right. And later on, you fi- found out that the um, producer sat down to play it, but the controller was dead. And he was, like, freaking out, like, give me another controller. This isn't working. And they just started the demo over again with a cutscene. Well, uh, I read that when it comes to that part in the game, when it happens, if you stop and do nothing and don't move Nathan, you actually get an achievement. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's called Stage Fright, uh, referencing the E3 blunder. So I thought that was hilarious that they threw that in there. They That's amazing. I love it. And uh, he said, last year during E3, hundreds uh, of thousands watched as Nathan Drake walked into Madagascar and then froze in place thanks to a controller error. Now you can do it yourself. There are a few funny trophies in Uncharted 4, which is out for PS4. Uh, yeah, we know. But uh, my it was, favorite is, uh, it's not multi-platform. <laughs> my favorite is Stage Fright, which requires you to stand still for 30 seconds, just like Bruce Straley's live E3 demo last year. Who would have thought? The folks at PS4 Trophies show it off in the above video. But uh, I thought that was pretty funny and shows they have a sense of humor, doesn't it? That's awesome, yeah. Um, Bill, now, if this- they only gave a... Uh, a, a- achievement for multiple people part of your company leaving at the same time that would, that would be that would be quite an achievement i've never actually done any kind of uh, multiplayer i don't think on uh the ps4 yet is it a pain in the ass i've well uh, do do you have to have playstation plus to do the multiplayer for it um i would assume so that's you have to on xbox but okay um I've never done multiplayer for any of the Uncharted games. Never. 
Oh, I've yeah, never, right? I've never had a reason to. It's mm-hmm. the the Uncharted games are all about the storyline for me. Uh, right, so me too. Yeah, I I've, I've never bothered, but it might be something to to look into. Yeah, I have no uh, urge to play that. And you know, Last of Us had multiplayer too, which is really weird. That's just yeah, that's just weird. And I never want to play that either. Um, Bill, this news kind of came while we before we were doing a show. Uh, like in between times, it even came in between me doing ETL news is that they found a young Han Solo. Oh, his his name is Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. The Millennium Falcon has a new pilot, according to the Hollywood Reporter Bill. Apparently he's German. Phil Lord and Chris Miller have found their new solo. Alden Ehrenreich is the f- in final negotiations to don the vest and pick up the blaster for the Star Wars standalone, according to sources, which centers on a younger version of the franchise favorite. Following an exhaustive search where 2,500 young men met for the project, a trio of Han... Why didn't they interview any women, Bill? Why can't a woman play Han Solo? <laughs> I don't get it. That, that would have been that would have been an interesting casting choice. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, well, I thought Daisy Ridley was going to be a Laura Croft. They should have gotten Paul they Feig sh- to uh, direct this. Oh boy! Uh, Hopefuls ended up <laughs> including <laughs> Hell Caesar's Aaron Wright, Kingsman actor Taron Egerton, and Transformers: Age of Extinction's Jack Rayner. By the way. I don't know who any of these people. Yeah, are. I've never seen Transformers: Age of Extinction. I wait. Who was the other one? Oh, the Kingsman guy. I know. Yeah, Taron Egerton. But I wouldn't think of him as as Han Solo. They also considered Miles Teller, Ansel Elgort, and Brooklyn breakout Emery Cohen. No, my, I'm sorry, Miles Miles Teller. While he can be a good actor, that just no. Aaron Reich will be taking over the Han Solo mantle from Harrison Ford. Oh, really? Thanks, Story. Is that who used to play Han Solo? Who first appeared as the solar system hopping, swashbuckling smuggler with swagger. Holy adjectives, Batman. (laughs) Yeah. As captain of the Millennium Falcon in 1977 Star Wars A New... Oh, really? Is that what movie That's amazing. I I had no idea. Bill, if you're a journalist... I'm so glad they gave us a backstory on this. Does the journalist have to put that in there, or does the editor go, hey, you have to reference Star Wars because people don't know what that is? What year did Star Wars come out? Who's this for? Who... What... uh, What online outlet wrote this? Hollywood Reporter. Uh, I, you know, if it was like Hit Fix or uh, like IO9, I could go along with them leaving it out. But the Hollywood Reporter, that could be read. No, you know what? No, this is stupid. For no, Disney- <laughs> this isn't needed. For Disney and Lucasfilm production, Lord and Miller of 21 Jump Street and the Lego Movie fame will direct from a script from father and son writing duo of Lawrence and John Kasdan. The That's Han's- what I'm most excited about yeah, right me there. T- me too. The Han Solo spinoff is scheduled for release in 2018. Wow. So uh, soon. I know, you know, basically I'm going to sit back and let them show me. I'm One day you and I are going to watch the teaser for the new Han Solo movie, and we will know then if it works or not. I know? just hope that they don't make him do a voice. Like, I'm... Like, I just don't want to hear, I don't want to hear a Han Solo voice, a Harrison Ford. 
uh, affect or uh, impression. I I think I can just go along with it because if he's just like a young guy, uh, yeah, just because if they do that, it's gonna it's gonna be the first mark against it for me. Yeah, and I, I it'll definitely they'll need to win us over. It's like you know, <clears throat> it, it, just recently I watched the trailer for Oliver Stone's Snowden, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Jogo is doing the Edward Snowden voice. Yeah. That, and it's just the entire time I'm stifling a giggle. I think if he has some mannerisms, it'll be passable. You know, like, oh, this yeah. is a young Han Solo. We don't That's need all to, I'm looking for. We don't need a young Harrison Ford. We need a young Han Solo. Yeah, hopefully that's what they realize. Now, Bill, here's another story. Ghostbusters director Paul Feig responds to attacks on his all-female reboot. Uh, This comes to us from the Daily News. Okay. Uh, Are you haunted by the all-female Ghostbusters reboot? Who are you going to call? The movie's director, Paul Feig, is who you're going to call, Bill. He'll set you straight. The Freaks and Geeks creator and Bridesmaid director has been slimed all over the net for more than a year since it was announced he would helm the rebooted Busters team. But he takes hate with a grain of salt. In an interview originally done last year for a book I'm writing on the nerd world, Fig told me, what? A way to drop your book into the story? (laughs) Geek culture is home to some of the biggest assholes I've ever met in my life. Even before my interview with Feig and plenty since, oh, that was Feig uh, quoted there, uh, social media trolls have done what they do best about the Ghostbusters project, slamming the chick flick because conflict is a commodity on the web. And they did it again this week, clicking thumbs down so many times on YouTube that the official trailer for the reboot is now the most disliked movie preview clip in history According to my top 100 videos channel, which everyone peruses all the time. Right, Bill? That's kind of wonderful. Feig has no time or patience for such ghouls. I don't care what shape or size or color or anything they are, Feig said back then. I live or die on what things are funny and whether or not people will be entertained by them. The unflappable filmmaker said he's merely attempting to tell a story you haven't seen before or tell a story you've seen before but in a way you haven't seen it. The funniest people this self-proclaimed comedy nerd knows are women, so, of course, he cast them as the leads. Melissa McCarthy is just this hilarious woman who's so funny. I don't care what she looks like as long as she's funny and professional and she's hilarious. Fig calls what McCarthy has that very undefinable quality of charisma, the thing that keeps moviegoers glued for two hours. It's also his formula for success, gender-bending of his popular genres, Bridesmaids, which was a gross-out comedy, The Heat, which was a buddy cop movie, and Spy, which was an action movie, and now the Ghostbusters remake. will have all of those things in one, one big movie, Bill. I'm sold. You know it when you see it, he said. It's just charisma and relatability. Do you like how he's talking about one thing, but they wanted to... They based this entire article on that he said that uh, uh, geek culture is home to some of the biggest assholes I've ever met in my life. Yeah, they've they've clickbaited it and they've then uh, basically retconned the interview. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's he. 
They got me Hopefully, to click on. God bless the guy. I, I don't think he's a great director. He's a, he's a great writer. He's he knows he knows talent. Uh, I'm not the world's biggest fan of the Ghostbusters reboot. I've only seen one not so wonderful trailer. But the best way to deal with internet trolls and is don't acknowledge trailer. it. Yeah, yeah. Just don't even talk about it. Now, uh, now for some video game news, Bill. Uh, this is actually related to Ghostbusters. A virtual reality event based on the upcoming Ghostbusters movie is set to debut July 1st. According to a press release in collaboration with Sony Pictures, Ghost Core, and The Void, Madame Tussauds in New York City will play host to Ghostbusters Dimensions, giving fans a chance to step inside the film. The VR experience will be exclusively available at the Wax Museum in Times Square. So uh, book your plane tickets now. Yeah, get, get book your plane ticket to get pink eye. <laughs> yeah, visit, yeah, you want to use those goggles like after like twenty thousand other people have. You that know? was a thing. I think it, it packs this this past packs east. People got pink eye from the VR demos. Wow. It, it was going around. It was like one year it was the flu. This year it was pink eye. Poo particles. <laughs> yeah. yeah so particles I'm sorry. As much as I want to experience VR, I'm not putting your dirty VR gear on my head. What if you got to see them at least wipe it down before you use it? Okay. Possibly. <laughs> po- possibly. But I just don't want to chance it. It says that um, visitors will take part in what is described as an authentic ghost hunt using props, <laughs> costumes, and other Ghostbusters artifacts. Guests will venture through several recreations of the new Ghostbusters film. These will be both physical and virtual, and Leslie Jones will be yelling at you the entire time. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, if it wasn't Leslie Jones, it should at least be the guys from Ghost Adventures yelling at you. Come at me, ghost. Come on, bro. We've got orbs here. You like you like murdering people, yo? The power of pain compels you! <laughs> Sony claims that this will be a completely immersive experience. Although particular details on how dimensions will work are scant, there's a short teaser scene above. That's a grant. Uh, you can watch that later. But you know what? This reminds me, actually. Do you remember us joking on when we were talking about uh, the Captain America um, instant reaction? But By the way, you can get on the feed now if you haven't heard it. Uh, hopefully you see the movie first. But I talked about how uh, a Sony movie, there's Sony products everywhere. Everywhere. And... I just saw Elena use a Sony smartphone in Uncharted 4, and it cracked me up. Her phone rings, and you see Sony on the back of it, and I was like, oh, oh here we go. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. No one's using a Sony phone. <laughs> yeah, except for uh, people in Sony movies. In Sony movies, yeah. Now, Bill, here's some exciting news from Nintendo. Uh, do you like mobile <laughs> games, Bill? 
Poor, poor Nintendo. <laughs> After making the announcements that its next two mobile games would be based on the Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing franchises, reports are now suggesting that the titles will be free to play. Oh, According wow. to the Wall Street Journal, the price of the two games, which will be available for iOS and Android, comes directly from Nintendo's mobile gaming partner, DNA. Best known for their work on Nintendo's most recent smartphone game, Mitomo. Mitomo, a social media platform turned game, launched back in March and has since been downloaded more than 10 million times. It is the creepiest oversharing app ever created. <laughs> Emma uh, has that, and yeah, it's it's all about sharing and like getting stuff for your little character, like hats and clothes and stuff, right? Yeah, it's just creepy. Like I tried playing like at first i was excited because you can basically have them say anything you want because they they read it phonetically so if anybody shows up to my place it's like hey what's up shithead you know (laughs) so stuff like that but that was past that it was just every time you log on it asks you like what's the latest thing you bought what's the you know who's the uh, who's the closest person in your life right now? What's it just like, it's yeah. like you open it and you're going to the shrink tell and nin- then tell Nintendo more personal things. Yeah. Tell, let's tell Nintendo everything personal about you. And then everyone else that comes to visit you, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just, it's so weird about the only thing that it had going for it for a while for me was I was obsessed with like this pachinko style mode where you drop characters through this pachinko board and you can get clothes or you know hats or various things for your character and then past that I, I just I haven't even opened it in probably two weeks time. Wow. Uh, DNA's executive chief Ice. Is Sal Moriyasu close enough, right? That was good. That was good. Uh, good effort. Hinted there would be in-game microtransactions. Of course. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. Nintendo previously announced that it had designs to create and release four more mobile games by the end of 2017. And boy, have they got it figured out. Microtransactions are how to stay in business for a long time. Am I right? That's that's how they're going to make back all the money they've thrown away on hardware and shitty first-party games. <laughs> now like, some- we got to make up for this Star Fox debacle. Let's oh get some, let's get another app on there that does microtransactions. All this stuff about how E3 they're only going to present one game, and it's going to be Legends of Zelda for. The Wii U, but it's also coming out on the NX, but they're not going to show the NX or Zelda for the NX. It's like, why would anyone want to play Zelda for the Wii U? We want to see it on the next gen console. It's like, it's like, you know, they just don't care. They don't. I don't. I don't know if they don't care. They don't get it. They're just (sighs) and they're going to do one of those video presentations. I bet again, Bill, you know. That they do. I'm, their I'm just screen. waiting for the Aisha Tyler Ubisoft conference. Yeah, she drops so many f bombs at those things. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. That's but one you will not be watching with Emma. It would be like Microsoft showing a demo for a game that comes out next year on the Xbox One, but we've got it playable right now on the 360. It's like yeah. who cares? I want to see it on the Xbox One. Yeah, I I don't get why they're not putting all their eggs in the NX basket. I don't get why they're being so conservative. 
I just Nintendo in general, I just feel bad for now. Like I, I, I don't think I've ever been a Nintendo fanboy, but I've had a certain level of appreciation. Now I just want to cry for them. Yeah, I was probably a Nintendo fanboy back when the NES was out. <laughs> yeah, the first one. Um, Bill, Amazon wants to be the one-stop shop for video. I, I think that's what they meant to write there. Amazon has launched a new distribution service called Video Direct, which allows video creators to upload and share their work directly with Prime subscribers. It sounds a lot like YouTube, doesn't it? There yeah. are four different sharing options for creators to choose from on the new platform. The basic model allows them to upload their videos and share them for free across video to Prime users. These videos won't be monetized, but will provide creators with the biggest possible audience. The second... Oh, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Are you sure about that? Yeah, this, but they'll all be tagged for uh, uh, digital rights management. So if you use any little bit of audio or video from something else that uh, can claim ownership on it, you're screwed. So I don't, I don't get what... Uh, we'll see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah this, we'll see what they're doing. The second option is to offer the video as a one-time rental option. If these don't appeal to creators, a third ad-based option will allow videos to be accessible to anyone. But it's the fourth option that is the most interesting. Like other streaming services such as Hulu, YouTube, and Twitch, Amazon has a separate subscription, subscription say that fast, based streaming service, the Streaming Partners Program. The people can use if they're interested in in following a specific person or team. This program would allow creators to upload their videos directly to their own channel exclusively for those who subscribe to their streams. This I could see this if you already have a brand and you say, hey guys, I'm going to Amazon now. Like my videos won't be on YouTube anymore. I'm now going here. Otherwise, I don't see you would have to have an audience for this to matter. Yeah. And, YouTube is so easy. I can Maybe Amazon is trying to create their own thing. You know how um, Louis C.K. had that TV show that he released just on his website? Yeah, Horace and Pete. Yeah, if he did that on this, I could see how that might work. But I don't know. Amazon has partnered with a variety of publications and creators to bring content to the platform. Mattel, Machinima, The Guardian, and Mashable are just some of the partners who will create content exclusively for Amazon. Wow, those are like those are those are killer apps right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm re I'm really excited about logging into that that Machinima and The Guardian. Ooh. Interestingly enough, YouTube is looking to launch a more premium subscription service. The company is reportedly in talks with different cable companies to bring skinny bundled live TV programming to the site. That's sizest. <laughs> so basically, YouTube, uh, they're going to try to launch live networks on YouTube. So okay. It's going to be interesting. I think one day soon that uh, we're going to be able to watch live network TV on our computers. The Amazon service sounds a little bit like YouTube Red. Yeah. Like, which we are inundated with every time we go to the movie theater now. I'm... I don't think I've not gone in the past four months and not seen a five-minute ad for YouTube Red. Yeah, totally. All right, let's see. This is uh, this came as shocking news to me. I was like, I actually did a what? 
Uh, a little John what? To infinity no more. Disney shuts down Disney Infinity and closes Avalanche Software. After three games, more than a dozen play sets, and about 100 different figurines, Disney Infinity is coming to an abrupt end. Disney announced the shuttering of the Toys to Life video game franchise on an earnings call this afternoon, where it, will, where it also revealed it would exit the console publishing business yet again. The news came as a bit of a surprise with Disney citing the lack of growth in the Toys to Life arena, coupled with increases in development for the Infinity brands as the root cause. Disney is still planning on releasing the final two previously announced add-ons for Alice Through the Looking Glass and Finding Dory. But once the Pixar-based playset and figures arrive in June, there will be no more Infinity to look forward to. Though earlier this spring, Disney did announce Infinity would take the year off from another disc release. There was promise of new playsets beyond Alice and Dory. We never learned just what was in store, but given that there was both a major Marvel and Disney film on the horizon, Doctor Strange and Rogue One were easy candidates. Disney only just released the Marvel Battlegrounds playset and four new figurines to go along with it, and a repainted Spider-Man. Disney is reporting a $147 million loss in its second quarter financials and will also close Avalanche Software, laying off approximately 300 employees as a result of the decision. Ninja Theory also aided in development of the most recent Disney Infinity game, but was not part of the Disney proper. The resulting issues that may affect the studio remain to be seen. Avalanche Software is the third console development studio Disney has shuttered since 2011. Well, I think we know, do not work for a company that develops games for Disney, am I right? Yeah. That's, I mean, I understand the $147 million loss. That's that's way too much. Uh, I don't understand why they didn't try to come at it from a different angle, because I always thought that, uh, I always thought it was popular. I, you know, it's the, the figures are almost always sold out. At, you, uh, I was shocked because I thought this was like, oh, Disney, they can milk this shit forever, is what I thought. How can you lose money on games and toys? Yeah. Like, you've got to pay for the game, and then every time somebody wants to expand it, you've got to pay again. Like, this... I just don't see how some, something like Skylanders or even now Lego Dimensions or the Amiibo for Nintendo, like, how can you screw this up so royally? I, yeah, I thought it was just like printing money. Yeah. And here's what I want to know, like, because um, recently, you know, I bought Emma the Disney Infinity set for the Xbox 360, and you sent her a bunch of old uh, your old uh, Disney Infinity figures. Yeah, from the first generation of it. it and just... she loves it. She's building a world, and she has the characters all propped up on her entertainment center. And you create your own account and your own world in there. How long will Disney keep those servers alive? That's that's a thought, especially, you know, that's got to be heartbreaking for Emma. There are Emma. people in there. You can visit other people's uh, toy chests where they have built these entire worlds like Minecraft and stuff. It would be so heartbreaking to shut it all down, you know? Yeah, I maybe they'll give it a year or something, but uh, they're going to have to. They're If they they lost money on it, so it's not going to stay up for long. 
Yeah, that's a real bummer because it's actually a really good product, I think, and the figures are very well made and they look nice. Yeah, I've lo- I loved the figures. Whenever I remember whenever I first got them, I was sort of obsessed with how nice they were. Yeah, that totally bummed me out when I read that. It made me sad. Um I just want to know how I want to know what the numbers are, you know, if Disney's if Disney's willing to abandon this entirely. I want to know what the numbers are now for the other figure-based game platforms like Nintendo's Amiibo and yeah. uh, you know Skylanders and Lego Dimensions and just all these toy-based games. Yeah, I want to know who screwed this up because they seem yeah. like they had a good thing going. All right, let's see. Um, Justice League villain revealed, and no, it's not Darkseid, Bill. Back into movie news. I kind of jump everywhere. It's okay. Remember when we all pretty much assumed that the Justice League villain would be Darkseid? One of the most powerful beings in the DC Universe, and a guy who was heavily teased throughout Batman v Superman. Ah, those were the days. As the Justice League continues filming in London, a new report suggests that Mr. Darkseid is not the film's villain, as we all assumed. (laughs) Instead, it's something even more exciting. And and not the Steppenwolf from comics, by the way. Oh, he says, just kidding, it's Steppenwolf. And not the Steppenwolf from the comics, who, by the way, looks like this. And you can't see it, Bill, because it's a picture. But according to Birth Movie's death... The Steppenwolf from that weird-ass Batman v Superman deleted scene that you see above, which, again, you can't see that. Uh, Steppenwolf is a member of Darkseid's elite forces and head of the apocalyptic military, which would explain the parademons and the Omega symbol in Batman v Superman. But Steppenwolf is a human, albeit an immortal one. This guy above is definitely not a human. He's a monster cut from the same CG cloth as Doomsday. The plot of Justice League will likely hew close to the new 52 storyline where Steppenwolf invades Earth with a, an army of parademons. Well, the immediately I think of that is like uh, in the Avengers, you know, you need uh, endless amounts of aliens, demons, robots for heroes to just pound into the ground. And it's not like they're killing people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Five years ago, they appeared in the sky, booming holes in space, spewing an army of monsters known as Parademons and led by the villain Steppenwolf. Uh, All I can think of is the band Steppenwolf when I read that. Yeah. Entire countries were destroyed, but Earth's defenders fought back. Chief among them were Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. In a last-ditch plan, Batman planned to infiltrate the towers that controlled the Parademons by uploading a virus that would cripple the towers one by one. I I think we're reading the plot to the whole movie, Bill. It sounds no. like you're reading the plot to the first Avengers film. Uh, that's what happened in the 52 storyline. Um, it's certainly an unconventional choice, unconventional choice, especially given that most fans were excited about Darkseid's arrival and putting that off for another movie could irritate fans, Bill. I just, you know, it, it's, I mean, we have I want to know what DC is thinking when it comes comes with certain storylines like would they not go oh you know the avengers storyline with chitari is it, you know there's an invasion there's a fire are we a little too close are we why why aren't they getting a little more creative with the world uh i don't know 
but uh, who knows? I think it's a little early to even do a story on who the villain is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, are they even? Are they shooting yet? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, George R. R. Martin updates fans on Winds of Winter progress. Bill. Oh. Well, George- I guess it matters now that the TV show's past the books. <laughs> George R. R. Martin has released a new chapter from his long-awaited next A Song of Ice and Fire novel, The Winds of Winter. The new chapter touches on a couple of characters who, spoil alert, for those have not, who have not caught up on HBO's Game of Thrones, were recently killed off on the show. Uh-oh. A last release of another chapter does not mean... That Winds of Winter is finished or has a publication date. You want to know what the Sand Snakes, Prince Doran, and somebody else that I can't pronounce, and the rest will be up to in Winds of Winter? Martin asked on his blog. Quite a lot, actually. This sample will give you a taste. For the rest, you need to wait. And no, just to spike any bullshit rumors, changing the sample chapter does not mean I am done. See the icon above? The monkey's still on my back. But he's growing, and one day. (laughs) Martin's last novel, set in Westeros and Essos, was, of course, 2011's A Dance with Dragons. 2011? That was a while back, Uh, wasn't it, Bill? Though the author has struggled to finish Winds of Winter, uh, Game of Thrones returned for its current sixth season. The author alerted his fans in January that he would not finish in time to prevent the HBO hits storyline from surpassing the narrative in his novel. I still thought I could do it, but the days and weeks flew by faster than the pile of pages grew. And as I often do, I grew unhappy with some of the choices I'd made and began to revise. There are no excuses. No one else is to blame. I tried and I'm still trying. (laughs) Wow. Poor guy. That's... I wonder if he had even considered that when he first sold the show to HBO. Like, are they going to catch up? Are they going to, like, he's never written these books quickly. I know. He didn't, he, he didn't think it was going to happen, Bill. I'm just wondering if, if, uh, if he's laid the story out for the writers and now they're just going off of what he laid out and if he's going to end up following that or if he's going to, you know, take a right turn into another, you know, storyline or another, uh, you know, level of that reality. Like, if it's going to be the same as the show, just just how that's all going to work. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not even watching the show anymore, so. Really? Yeah. Well, we're, I, I haven't watched this last week, but. Uh, I decided a while back that I will wait till the series is finished and binge watch it. That's not a bad idea. I can't take the week-to-week shit, especially on a show like that. Yeah. Um, Okay, this is certainly news that will excite Bill. Sons of Anarchy, mind spinoff, inches closer to reality with FX script order. Oh, boy. Eight months after Kurt Sutter announced plans to revisit the FX drama, the cable network has officially ordered a script for uh, Mayans MC. Oh, oh, really? Yep. Sons of Anarchy co-creator Kurt Sutter and Elgin James will develop the project with James writing the script for the drama from Fox. The most boring motorcycle club in that entire show. Let's give them a (laughs) spinoff. Let's see. Sutter told uh, 
The Hollywood Reporter that the Mayans MC spinoff will be a different show, noting that tone, pace, storytelling will be unique. On Sons, the Mayans were positioned as a rival California motorcycle club, comprising mostly of Mexican-Americans in the heroin distribution business. The Oakland Charter, led by President Marcus Alvarez, began the series as Sam Crow's adversary. But as time went on, Sam Crow built up a working relationship with the Mayans, both as business partners and partners in crime and turf wars. Oh, that's lovely. Buddies. I wanted to find a strong, unique Latino voice because I didn't think the, a white guy from New Jersey could be should be writing about Latin culture and traditions. They need to get Jimmy Smith on that show, don't they? Because he, he, he would be great. He was on Sons of Anarchy when it ended. They need to bring him back in there. They didn't kill him. No, he, oh. he survived. He survived there you go. till the end. Now, um, the new X-Men Apocalypse film will be out, not this week, but next week, Bill. And that's spelled A-P-O-K-O-L-I-P-S? No, it's spelled the correct way. Uh, In the movie, I think it's spelled wrong, but in the title of the movie, it's spelled correctly. Or I'm saying the comic book character, it's spelled like that. (laughs) It's taken three films, but James McAvoy is getting himself out of a hairy situation oh. when it comes to this X-Men character. In the upcoming X-Men Apocalypse, the actor who plays Charles Xavier finally goes bald. And he and director Brian Singer captured the big haircut on video, which you could watch here, Bill. It's something I'm excited about, McAvoy said. We still have to honor the iconic nature of Professor X. And I'm glad to be finally arriving at this destination with my head. McAvoy and Brian Singer also had a special guest witnessing it, Patrick Stewart, a.k.a. the original Professor X, Bill, in case you didn't know that. No idea. He appeared via video chat. I thought he was just Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, which was on Star Trek The Next Generation, a TV show. Uh, I'm re- I'm telling you like I'm the writer of this. <laughs> yeah. Why don't Thank you, s- you? Patrick Stewart said, "Save the locks and send it to me. He could use some." <laughs> oh, good stuff. Um, Bill, uh, New Mutants. Simon Kinberg says Professor X will appear, and filming will begin in 2017. With the success of Deadpool earlier this year, 20th Century Fox successfully launched a new X-Men spinoff that is directly related to the franchise as it exists now. God, they're so lucky. In a post-Days of Future Past world. While this month, X-Men Apocalypse takes place decades before the events of Deadpool, in 1983, the possibilities for further expansion of the X-Men universe remains, and it indeed sounds like the next spinoff could very well be the long-gestating New Mutants. Um, (laughs) You sound so enthralled by this. (laughs) I... I don't think I was ever into uh, the only X Men I was ever into was the Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I never got into the comics. I I got into uh, the most recent Wolverine comic where he was the head of uh, uh, Xavier's school for like maybe like twenty issues and then burnt out. I just don't have it in me anymore. I wish I did. Yeah, I I definitely I read the X Men. 
Um, it's always been very convoluted in the timelines and stuff, but I always dug it and the idea of this kind of family of characters living in this mansion. And the New Mutants were like, here, they actually explain here, the New Mutants comic is a younger skewing X-Men spinoff focusing on teenage mutants who uh, go to the Xavier School of the Gifted. It's unclear if Professor X of the New Mutants movie would be P- McAvoy or Patrick Stewart, depending on what time period the film takes place. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that stuff is ripe for young audiences to have the younger millennials there. and They've all got mutant powers. Totally ripe for Fox to plow it into the ground. Yeah, it's a cash cow. <laughs> oh, and Simon Kinberg confirms the next X-Men movie will be set in the 90s. That's right, Bill. You have Oh, they're going to s- keep going? Yeah, you I even- thought they were done after Apocalypse. No, hell no. After X-Men Apocalypse which takes place in the 80s, the next one is set in the 90s. It's unclear if Kinberg meant the new headline X-Men film or the in-development New Mutants feature. Oh, I see what they're saying here. They, they're they not sure if he's talking about the New Mutants or the X-Men. But come on, they're going to make more X-Men. But when are they going to bring it to 2016 or 17? It's going to be present? called X-Men Dayglow. Dayglow? Dayglow. Remember that shit from the 90s? The, the Dayglow colors, the fluorescent colors. Jubilee will be the main character. Oh, yeah. They need to introduce Jubilee. I think they do in this one. Oh, really cool. I know that she was kind of like an Easter egg in the very first X-Men film. You can see her like sitting at a desk or something. Now, Bill, I wanted to uh, bring attention to this short film that got made. It was based on an article. Um, Actually, they say here it was actually originally based on a YouTube comment. But I think that I originally saw the article that featured this YouTube comment. And basically it says, Emotional Gamer Short, Player 2, based on a YouTube comment. Oh, yes, yes. I thought that was, I I thought it was a Reddit post. Yeah, I think we just saw different people carry the story. Yeah. Uh, Filmmaker John Wickstrom, that's based entirely on a YouTube comment. The story is about a boy who used to play video games with his dad. On one of those old clunky Xbox consoles. You know, the original one that had gigantic fat controllers. <laughs> and he discovers a way to reconnect with him years later. And I just want to play the audio. Because even the audio yeah. is beautiful. Um, let's see if I can get this to play. Let's see. Well, when I was four, my dad bought a trusty Xbox. You know, the first ruggedy blocky one from 2001. We had tons and tons and tons of fun playing all kinds of games together. Until he died when I was just six. I couldn't touch that console for ten years. But once I did, I noticed something. We used to play a racing game, Rally Sports Challenge. Actually, pretty awesome for the time it came. And once I started meddling around... I found a ghost. Literally. You know when a time race happens, that the fastest lap so far gets recorded as a ghost driver? Yep, you guessed it. His ghost still rolls around that track today. And so I played and played and played until I was almost able to beat the ghost. Until one day I got ahead of it, I surpassed it, and... I stopped right in front of the finish line. Just to ensure I wouldn't delete it. 
tears. Yeah, the first time I saw that, I teared up pretty heavy. And then you see in the, if you watch the short film, you see the footage of the game. But I knew exactly what he was talking about. On these time races, you see the ghost of the driver that has the best time. Yeah. And I love that, that it's his dad. So every time he plays his game, he can play with his dad again. It's really beautiful. I really like it. It's really well done. Yeah, it's kind of an amazing take on gaming as a, a spiritual and emotional experience. I Just this idea that somebody left behind a relic, you know, unintentionally, and he has yeah. a way to kind of be with his dad again. That's It's beautiful. I really like that. It and really is. That Even without the film, just reading about the story years ago um, was, uh, I thought it was very touching. But then to see somebody made a film out of it. Yeah, cool. and it's really well done. You, it shows you that uh, that story touched a lot of people. You know, it reminded me of a story I read, and it might have been on Reddit years ago, about... Uh, I think it was that game Animal Crossing, where um, this son, uh, his mother, uh, started playing it on the GameCube, and he would make fun of her, but she had cancer, and she didn't really like to leave the house, so she would just play it all day long. And then years go by after she passed away, and he hooks up the GameCube and starts playing Animal Crossing again, and when he goes to his house in the game... His mailbox is filled with notes from his mom and gifts that she found as she was playing. And every day she would leave him a note like, I love you, here's a, you know, here's a hat I found. Or, I love you, here's, you know, something. You know, it's just one of those things that it happens. It wow. happens every day. And uh, it's, not, it's not nearly uh, uh, talked about enough in, in the gaming landscape that uh, these, things are, these things are forever for as long as the console exists, as long as the game exists, as long as the memory exists. It's there. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'm going to have to try to find that story again. Oh, yeah, I'd like to read because it. Because I, I remembered it. The moment I saw that, the, the short film, I was like, I remember the, the Animal Crossing story. Well, Bill, sadly... I am out of news stories for the day. In case you have any that you want to share with me, I, I'm done. <laughs> no, I didn't have. I didn't. This was the last minute thing. I didn't didn't think of any any to look up. Well, sir, I think you I think you covered them. Yeah, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining me uh, for it's a blast. ETL News. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a uh, it's fun to deliver this very special news to people. <laughs> Right now, there are things going on in the real world, or there are annoying news that you have to hear about all day. No, we talk about the dumb news here. Oh, okay. I just found it. Yeah. So, uh, there's a, like, the, the little comic is on um, on YouTube. I'll post it on the, uh, the ETL fan page. Sweet. All right, guys. I want to thank Brandon and Adam for listening live in the chat room. And guys... You can listen live every Wednesday on Mixler.com slash NimPodcast. Or if you have the Mixler app on your phone, either iPhone or Android, and follow NimPodcast, you will know whenever we go live and you can listen on your phone. Isn't that amazing, Bill? People can listen to this show right now on their phone. Technology. It's amazing. Also, guys, go to... um, 
nimpodcast.blogspot.com, of course. And also send us some feedback. Send an email at nimpodcast at gmail.com. Well, guys, that is the show. And, Bill, thanks again for joining me. I hope you can do it again. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm off school until... Uh, late July, early August, so... Oh, yeah. hell yeah! Yeah. We're gonna have to get in some gaming, man! Yeah, Woo-hoo! really. Well... <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I just I just need to find something to play. That's cool, and hopefully we do an ETL Daily soon, like this Friday. That would be awesome. We haven't okay, done yeah. one in a while. Well, Bill, Adam, Brandon, and everybody who's listening, what are you guys waiting for? Get out there... Watch some uh, TV shows. There's lots of awesome ones. Go see a movie, play some video games, or just create some kind of art, man. Sculptures out of toothpicks and popsicle sticks or macaroni necklaces. And, uh, hey, we'll see you next time. Well, that was fun, right? Yeah, well, I'm definitely sharing this one with my shrink. Wait, you have a shrink? No, but I will after this. Now this is podcasting.